Well, last week we talked about the topic of community, okay? We talked about community in the sense of life together, which is the series that we're in. In community, last week we focused on how we ought to be in community with one another as Christians. And the Christian community is a community that's always on the move. It's a community that spreads out and stretches out and goes and seeks other people who are not in the community. Whether they are believers and you just don't get along with them because they have different hobbies and interests than you. Or they are people who are not believers and you need to be a light in their dark world. That is what the Christian community ought to be. This week, we are going to be looking at what we call the day with others. And we're looking at at how do we actually live out community. And so I'm taking some principles from Life Together, the book, by Dietrich Bonhoeffer. And then I'm also really just looking at scripture today. Because scripture, you can never really go wrong with it because it's God's holy word that was inspired by him and he gave it to us. Therefore, we ought to look at it. We ought to be in close relationship with it. And if we want to seek to understand God, we ought to seek to know his word, right? If I'm in a relationship with somebody, like if Luke and I are trying to be in close relationship with one another, we need to hear from each other. I can't just say, hey, Luke, from over here and expect him to be a close friend of mine. I have to go seek him out. He has to seek me out. I have to talk to him. He has to talk to me. I have to listen to him. I have to hear him out. I have to understand him. And so same thing with all of you. We have to be in the word of God. And really quickly, before I give you three points that are really easy to follow. The whole point... Dude, I'm like, yes, um, the whole point of life together, okay, is going and doing it together. You can't just like do life together in community and just be an individual after individual thing, okay? So every principle that we look at today is going to be about doing it together. So if I say you should read your Bible, that doesn't mean just you. It means encourage the people in your community to read your Bible together. If I say go sing a song, that means go encourage each other to sing a song or even just do it together. If I say pray, it doesn't mean just pray in your bedroom. It means pray together, pray over each other, pray for each other. Everything we're talking about today can be individual, but it also the main point is focusing on doing it together. Because next week we're going to look at how do we do life alone. Okay. So, the first point I have for you guys is scripture, okay? And let's look at verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I've given this analogy a little bit before, and it's kind of a little different, but if I walk into a dark room, right, and I were to shine a flashlight, you would immediately know where the light is because everything else is dark and the light penetrates the darkness. We live in a world that is completely dark. We live in a world that is filled with unrighteousness, filled with evil. If you haven't seen that yet, maybe you should look on social media. You'll find it very quickly. And the Bible helps direct us. 
it lights the path that we ought to go on. If I'm walking into a dark room and there's a path there for me, I'm not going to see it unless I have a light to direct me. And that's what the Bible is. It directs us. It directs our path. And we can do the wrong thing of living in community, following the wrong things of the world, because there are many principles, there are many philosophies out there on how we should live life. But none are going to lead us to ultimate light with the Lord, except for the word of God, the Bible. So, verse 106 says, I have sworn an oath and confirmed it to keep your righteous rules. I have sworn an oath and confirmed it. Swearing an oath means I promise I'm going to do these things. If you're swearing an oath in the court, you're going to promise to follow the rules of the court. If I'm swearing an oath with a friend, it means I promise to do whatever that oath stands for. So to say, I've sworn an oath to the thing that lights my path, that means if I'm a Christian, I ought to swear by the things that the Bible says. I ought to live in a way that everything I do follows the word of God. Anything that contradicts the word of God or anything that comes against it, I don't do. Because it says right there, the next part, to keep your righteous rules. They're not just rules that keep us like from doing the bad things. Like, right, I've talked about how I went on the bridge when I probably should not have gone on the bridge because there's a bunch of train tracks and if I would have slipped and fell, I would have fallen like 100 feet down and died. I broke the rules. To keep your righteous rules means I'm following the correct ones. I'm following the holy ones. In order to follow the righteous rules, I become holy as a consequence or as a byproduct of following these rules, okay? Because they are righteous. The next verse says, I'm a severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. I'm severely afflicted. Meaning it's coming against my flesh. How many of you guys know what the difference is, just a raise of hands, between flesh and like the spirit? Yeah, flesh and spirit. Let me explain. The flesh is not just our physical like skin, okay? The flesh is what we call, is kind of like the soul, the dirty soul before we give uh, or surrender over to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us a righteous spirit, okay? So to live by the flesh means I'm living against all that the Lord has for me. I live by the law. I live by the letter of the law. Or I just don't even live with any standards. I do whatever I want to do. So when the psalmist here says, I live, or I'm severely afflicted, he's saying I'm severely afflicted by, or he's saying I'm in deep contrast here between the flesh and the spirit. If I live by the word, I'm living in a righteous way. But my fleshly desires don't like that. I've heard it said before that if I'm walking down a straight path, right, The devil's going to try to get in my way every single time. He's going to try to grab. He's going to try to pull at me. He's going to try to get me to go the other direction, like that way, right? Does that make sense? He's going to try to get, get me to go that way. But if I'm heading this way, then he's not going to do anything. Because why would he try to change the direction away from him? But if I try to listen to God's word again, I'm heading this way. 
And there's nothing to conflict. There's nothing to like rub up against. There's no tension there. If I live by God's word, I'm afflicted by what my flesh wants to do. My flesh wants to go that way. So living by scripture gives us direction. It gives us a new path to go on. And for you guys in community, that means I ought to be telling my brothers, my sisters, go be in the word of God. And it means I'm not just saying you go be in the word of God. It means I have to be in the word of God too. It doesn't mean, hey, you, you go be in the word of God and I'm just going to do my own thing. It's probably good for you. I'm not going to do it right now. It's you're in the word of God. I'm in the word of God. Let's do it together. You're better off in a pair. You're better off stronger together. That's what living in community is. It's encouraging one another to be reading scripture together. So the second point I have for you is singing. Singing, 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 singing. And maybe you think, oh, I don't want to be one of those people who just goes and sings up and down the halls in my school. Maybe you are one of those people, good for you. I uh, never have the courage to do so. I also am not that good of a singer, so you don't want to hear me do that. But what does singing even mean in reference to this whole passage? Singing and worship the Lord God. Doing it together also. And kind of what I want to get at here is if we're going to make a practice of being in community with each other and make a practice of being in relationship with God, this is a normal practice that Christians for um, pretty much all time have taken part in. They sing together. They sing songs about Jesus and how glorious he is. We call these worship songs. We listen to worship songs. We sing worship songs. And then we do it together. We don't, we don't just do it by ourselves. We do it together. So it says right here in verse 108, Accept my free will offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. And I really want to touch on something here. He says, Offerings of praise, O Lord, and teach me your rules. There's truth here. There's truth to be offered. When I sing, he teaches me. I also want to touch on when we talk about singing. Actually, let me get to the next verse. Verse 109, it says, I hold my life in my hand continually, and I did not forget your law. When we sing, we don't just sing songs that I want to sing. Now, I think there's totally a ton of ways to worship God. But there's also truth that's involved. We can't forget that, okay, there's this good feeling when I sing. There's this good feeling when I go to camp. There's always like that camp high, right? That you just get like goosebumps and you're like, oh my gosh, look at the goosies on my arm. Like, whoo. Like there's goosies and then there's also like truth that's involved. If I'm singing a song with a bunch of Christian friends that says, God is dead and God doesn't exist and this and this and that. I may be calling myself a Christian community, but if there's no truth involved, I'm really not living like a Christian. If there's no truth about who God is, I'm not living as a Christian should. Because the truth of the matter is, worship is awesome, singing is awesome, 
but there's truth involved. I don't forget his law, and his law is objective truth. His law is truth that only he decides. I don't get to decide it. I don't get to say, that's true, that's not, that's true, that's not. He decides. And if we're Christians, we get to follow it. And sometimes that can be really hard because sometimes we don't like the truth. We don't like obeying the truth. But you know what's beautiful? You have people all around you to say, you're not going the right way. You're getting a little off right now, but that's okay. A little story for you. I have not always been the kindest person in the world. Um, when I was a college, or I, when I was in college, I'm still in college, what am I saying? When I was in my younger years of college, I would try to go evangelize to these people. And I like to try to prove them wrong. <laughs> um, all the time. Just always like to prove them wrong. Wow, good job, and then same thing with my friends. We were in community together. And I like to prove them wrong because I was in Bible college. And I knew what I was talking about. No, I didn't. But I thought I knew what I was talking about. And every single time I was like, dude, you're awful at this Christian thing, man. Come on, get your act together. Like, who am I to say that to somebody, right? Yet I did. And it was rude. And it was unloving. And although it was true, they weren't living as a Christian ought to be. Who was I to say that? We have to uphold the truth. When we sing and we lift praises and worship to God, we ought to do it in truth. But we also have to do it in gentleness and love. And when we correct other people, we ought to do it in gentleness and love. We can't just say, hey man, you're messing up. Because I guarantee you probably messed up yesterday. So there's correction, but there's gentleness that comes with it. And if you're not, then be in the word. Because it says to do it with gentleness and respect. Um... Verse 110, the wicked have laid a snare for me, but I do not stray from your precepts. There's going to be a lot of opposition, okay? When we do life together, um, whether maybe, maybe you're like part of the popular crowd and you're a Christian and you're like, well, I kind of want to be friends with the popular people, but they're not really Christian and I really want to be friends with my Christian friends because they are Christians. And you're like, I don't really know. And then your popular friends start making fun of you because you're not hanging out with them anymore and you're actually just like really conflicted now. People are going to oppose you because you're a Christian. It starts to happen. Whether you've seen it or not, it starts to happen. But when we have the true foundation of the Lord, when we have people encouraging us, when we have people practicing the ways of scripture and singing and worshiping together, it creates bonds that are so strong that you never want to give them up. I'm sure all of you at camp have those moments where you just like put your arms around one another and you were like, we're going to sing until the last song goes, right? You're just like, kumbaya, right? You're just singing. <laughs> The beauty of singing, the beauty of worship is we get to do it together. And it creates a bond that's so strong that even when the people persecute and don't like what you're doing and they're trying to get in your way and they're 
for lack of better terms, are kind of just straight from Satan trying to pull you back and make you go that way. You have the tools. You have the people near you to keep you going strong. And the last one is prayer. The last one is prayer. We have scripture, we have singing, and we have prayer. It says in verse 111, your testimonies are my heritage forever, for they are the joy of my heart. When we pray to God, we hear from God. And when we pray to God, he hears from us. It's a conversation. When we read his scriptures, we hear his voice. So that's why we need all three of these things. We need scripture to know what God sounds like. We need to sing to give him adoration, to give him thankfulness. And we need prayer to be in relationship with him. And it says, your testimonies are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. Well, I'm going to ask you a question here. If you're never praying, if you're never hearing his voice, if you're never in relationship, how can you possibly ever hear the joys of his heart? And if you're in community with other people and you know that they're not praying, why would you want them to not hear the joys of his heart? Sorry, this has been kind of a depressing message, but it's really important. It's important to encourage each other. It's important to call each other out when they're not doing the things that they ought to be doing. It's important to be in true, authentic relationship with the Lord. It's true to actually be doing the things that this book teaches us, to do the things that the Bible teaches us. It's true to want, it's good and true to be leaning into what the Lord says. So why would you want your friends and community in Christ to not do that? If you see them messing up, call them out. Because I guarantee the little bit of like pushback that you might receive is way better than the pain they're going to experience because the world just shuts them down and pushes them out. Because we've talked about that. We've talked about how when we're in relationship with the world, they say, I don't care about you. I'm selfish and I want my own things. I want my own desires. So why wouldn't you want people to experience the true, authentic goodness of God that we just sang about earlier? The goodness of God, he's always faithful. He's love that endures forever. It's a love that pursues even when you're an enemy. When I was in high school, I told you about my friends that I crossed the bridge with, right? Yes, that was the question you were supposed to answer. Yes, of course, James. They were friends with me until I opposed them. And then the second I opposed them, they found every way to get rid of me. Same thing with my wife's friends. Same thing with all these leaders' friends. When you oppose them and they're not a Christ follower, they don't want anything to do with you. They might say they do, but selfishly, they just kind of want their own ways. And they push you out. Because you don't, you don't abide to their standards. But you know what? The good news about the gospel is, you didn't abide to his standards, but he still accepted you either way. He still loved you enough to say, I don't care that you didn't follow me. 
I don't care that you disobeyed me. I still love you. I still care for you. I'm going to pursue you until the day you die. And he pursued you so much that he sent his son down on the cross. And you can be in direct relationship with him right now. And it's three easy steps to get in relationship with him. Scripture, singing, prayer. My senior year, actually after my senior year was done, I had just broken up with my girlfriend and I was supposed to lead a camp or supposed to be a leader at a camp, um, like a Christian camp, right? And this came after like a whole school year of me making really poor decisions, after a school year of me being very depressed and anxious. I threw out all my friends, except that one that took me back graciously. And I was like trying to rethink, okay, should I be in ministry? I think I've messed up too much that I shouldn't be in ministry anymore. And I, I called up the leader of the camp like the week before, and I was like, hey, bro, I just broke up with my girlfriend. And I don't think I'm cut out to be a leader. And he's like, dude, God uses so many characters that didn't deserve it. And they will, and he still uses them. Because that's the story of the gospel. He's going to use you. He doesn't want to see you still the way you were. He wants you to change, but he's still going to take you even if you're broken. So I went to the camp, and we, were like, we did this early morning workout, like 6 a.m. We had to run over to like the soccer field, and we had to do this, like, a bunch of these workouts. And I'm a runner, and I'm trying to like, lift this medicine ball above my head and like, slam it down, catch it, slam it down, catch it, slam it down, catch it. And I'm just like, I'm kind of puny, and like, this is really hard. And... I slam it down, they're like, okay, take a 30-second walk. And like, just pray to God right now. And so I walked down, I prayed, I didn't hear anything, I came back. The next one was like, take a hammer, slam it. 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 Like, okay, go take a walk. I hear just God say, let go. Let go of her. Let go of that way of living. Let go. I say, okay. I'm going to let go. I'm going to let you change me. I'm going to let you make me strong. I'm going to let you be the one to change my life right now. A couple days pass. I go up to one of the camp leaders, and we're just talking. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like considering going into ministry. He's like, hey, last summer you said you were going to go into ministry. I'm like, yeah, well, some things have changed. He's like, what's changed? I'm like, well... I keep on going to these camps, man, and every single time we, we go and we read our Bibles in the morning, then we go and we go have this awesome worship set, and it's amazing. I get goosebumps every time. I'm, like, crying every night. I'm, like, just, like, full on, like, sent out for God, and then we just pray as a group, and we pray for each other, and it's just, it's radical. It's amazing. It's awesome, but then every single time I go home and I fail. I mess up every single time I go home. What do I do about this? I'm not supposed to be in ministry anymore because I'm such a failure. He's like, bro, don't you think you can go home and read your Bible still? Don't you think you can go home and still sing worship songs? Don't you think you can go home and still pray to God? I'm like, yeah. He's like, the camp myth or the camp high is a myth. 
that the devil wants you to believe. You can do these things all the time and you can call and FaceTime people and they'll do it with you. Community is one snap of the finger away. So go do that. Go be in community. Go read your Bible. Go be in his word. Go be in relationship with him. Because it's a lie from the enemy that he wants you to do it alone. It's the lie from the enemy that you can't do it on your own.